Hello everyone. Welcome to Avoiding Entropy. I want to talk a little bit about truth. About truth, myth, and misdirection. So, when a magician performs, an illusionist, so to speak, performs in front of a crowd or even one person, his entire objective is to quickly and unnoticeably perform a task while maintaining a face or a distraction or misdirection, which is another task. Now, believe it or not, in magic, stage magic that is, most of the work is done on the misdirection. Often the trick itself is a very, very simple sleight of hand or a mirror, trap door, a double, a false limb, things like that. But the misdirection, that's where the art lies. That's where the days of planning are put in, the schematics are drawn. Everything has to be just right for the people or the person not to notice the small act that makes the trick. Now we see this almost every day. We just don't know it because the people that are playing tricks on a grand scale are so good at it that they almost fool themselves. Because if for you to believe your own lie would be telling the best one you can tell. How could you pass a lie detector test if you're lying and you know it? Well, you don't know it. In fact, what you do is you believe your lie. Now, it's easier said than done. However, it is possible without memory wiping, without any of that. A person who believes their own lie has to live different lives. An actor that plays a character so well that he embodies that persona and becomes them to where, well, on the streets, when people come talk to him and ask him, how's it going? He's not the actor, he is the character. He believes his own lie. So misdirection is not only physical, it's also very mental. While I'm waving my hand in your face, my other hand is picking your pockets, taking a dollar bill out of your wallet, replacing it with one of mine that I had already signed with your signature that I saw on your checkbook when you came in. All of a sudden, I tell you to sign a dollar bill that I hand to you. You sign it, I burn it in front of you, and I tell you to look in your wallet. You are at awe what just happened. How did you... Wow. You believe in teleportation. I just made it magically appear in your pocket. Meanwhile, while I was dangling my hand in front of your face, picking it, I was telling you or asking you about your, your life. How's your girlfriend? 
How's your day? What's your name? What do you do? Psychological tactics are often more important than physical tactics in terms of misdirection. So for instance, if you're walking with someone and they're holding something that you need or you want and you're just having a chat, immediately but subtly draw the attention of the conversation onto them but make it so that they want to talk about it. People usually like talking about themselves, especially if it's something that they're proud of. So ask about that. It's easy to tell what a person is proud of by how they compose themselves. So if he has nice hair, if he's always done, ask him about the hair. If she wears shoes and she's got 30 pairs of shoes, ask her about shoes. The point is, is that's the misdirection. Once the person starts talking about themselves, all you have to do is casually extend your hand as if you're asking for the object that they're holding. And they will most certainly hand it to you. And they will not know why. It works in reverse as well. If you want them to hold something for you, you just focus the attention of the conversation onto them, hand them the object, and they will take it. If a person is nodding constantly and you're telling them something, that means that they're insecure about how you're judging them. They think that you believe that they don't know how to follow abilities. I mean, I'm sorry, instructions. So if you know that, it's very easy for you to perform a task of misdirection. If the person thinks that I think they don't know how to follow instructions. All I have to do is give them a basic instruction and they will jump to the chance of proving it. And while they're not looking, you do whatever you'd like. Why am I bringing this up? Well, because every day of our lives, we are not victims, but we are subjects to this. On a big, big scale, everything we see from commercials on the bus to television um, shows, to magazines that we read, everything. Everything is united. So all the things that we read, watch, talk about, listen on the radio, the infinite amount of channels almost that exist on the television set, that we have a wide spectrum of choices about what what, what to watch, news, sports, games, ESPN 1, 2, 3, 4, 5. You have Fox News, MSNBC, CNBC, CNN, TNN, KFC, AT&T. It's all bullshit. That is the misdirection. The illusion of choice. Because it is exactly that. An illusion. How do you get a child to do something that you know that they probably wouldn't do? You don't go tell them to clean their room. You say, hey, either clean your room or do the dishes. What's your choice? So they're thinking, shit, I don't want to do the dishes. I'm going to clean my room. Of course. The illusion of choice. When a salesman talks to you, they never give you the chance to say no. Because they never ask you a question to which you can reply no. 
It is a tactic employed by salesmen and people that need to give you stuff in order to get stuff from you. If you say no, that cuts them off at the, at the head. It starts basically like that. Then you give them the illusion of choice. Then you tell them that you're going to make them a great deal. How could you possibly go wrong in this? I got all these choices. Trustworthy guy telling me I can make a great deal. I could choose either behind door number one, two, or three. You all look great, but somehow, the end of it all, you're sitting there scratching your head and thinking, damn, how did I... I'm so unlucky that I chose the wrong door. Better luck next time. Yeah. Better luck next time. Luck is a when preparation meets opportunity. The reason I'm telling you all of this is because everyone listening to this has to be prepared. Because the next opportunity for you to be deceived is probably happening right now. Maybe it's happening with me. Maybe what I'm saying to you now is all a series of misdirection for you to not realize that I'm really hacking into your minds, downloading in all the information that I need, and then I'm going to take it back to my world. A world that exists to study humans. Fortunately for you, that's not the case. Then again, I just told you not to believe anything, right? So don't. Practice with this. Use your logic. So, a world of studying humans. How would we do that? How would we accomplish a world of studying humans? How about we make them study themselves? Why not? Let's make it so that humans voluntarily give us all the information that we need on them. How do we do that? Well, just like a child, the illusion of choice. Do you think a web developer, that is a person who writes programs for a computer, like games, like Flappy Bird, Tetris, Pokemon Go. Do you think people like that wake up one morning and say, I wonder what everybody in the world looks like in comparison to people that have been around in the past? I want to know how many people out there look like Isaac Newton. Zero people in the world wake up thinking like that. None. But there are probably more than one that wake up with a phone call from someone that says, I want you to make it so that everyone wants to give me their face. I want you to make it so that human beings voluntarily hand over the information about themselves that if you ask them straight up, they would never do. So now we have millions and millions of people plugging in their profile pictures to a program on Facebook or Instagram or anything like that and comparing them, which is a facial recognition program, to an old person or a person of history. Isaac Newton, Albert Einstein, Martin Luther King, whatever. It doesn't matter. 
The computer will do it for you. It'll synthesize someone close enough. The face has certain points on it, which makes it helps everybody identify everybody else. Okay, we got their faces. Now what? Now I want their fingerprints. How do we do that? Well, it's simple. You lock their phones and you make them use their fingerprints to unlock it. And every time they unlock their phone, we'll scan their fingerprint one more time. A couple months goes by. We've got their fingerprints. Now what? Now I want their retina scans. No problem. And then what? Now I want to know how they feel. Whoa. What do you mean how they feel? How they feel? What do you mean? I want to know how they feel with a stimulation and a response. So I'm going to play something on the television. And I want you to tell me how this person feels about what I'm playing. But not that person alone. I want the entire country. How do you do that? Well, passing a lie detector test has a lot to do with heart rate. But it also has a lot to do with pupil dilation, blood pressure, shortness of breath, and fidgety things. Short of the fidgety things, all of those other things could be found on a small bracelet. That's called the Fitbit or a Nike wristband or the Apple Watch with a health app attached to it. That gives you heart rate, blood pressure, body temperature, So, and it's, all you have to do is really just gain all of the Fitbit's information simultaneously, run it into an algorithm in a computer, can hold enough of that, of that information, like maybe a cloud somewhere, call it a cloud so people feel safe. A cloud is just someone else's computer. There's no cloud. We don't send it into the sky. And then you play a, a commercial on the television. Every time that commercial airs, you're going to clock the responses we get from the Fitbits. So now we know when the masses are scared, when they're angry, when they're happy, when they're content, when they're sad. And we know what to play and when. Because you treat the mass like you would one person. On a granular scale, that is exactly what it is. The benefit for you in that case is that some people are not so intelligent. So you'll get the worst of the worst acting at their best. Fear at their best. Anger. Whatever you'd like. And they gave you the info voluntarily. So yes, be aware. Be on your toes. But more importantly, be prepared. Be prepared for the misdirection and be prepared for the illusionists and the tricksters and the people whose job it is in life is to take what's yours, but better yet, making you willingly give it away. How do you combat 
an illusionist? How do you show up a magician? Well, the only way to do that is you have to know his tricks. You have to be a magician in order to see where a magician does the misdirection. So am I telling you to become one of the largest TV companies in the world? No, of course not. What I am telling you to do is if you want to do something like that, look at the similarities of every single thing that you watch. Subtle, tiny hints. Little synchronicities that happen with TV, radio, commercials, news, and everything else. Let's take the most recent event, for instance. I mean, just like the pyramids with the, uh, with the people from the stars, it's the same with this. It's in your face. It was in my face. The truth. Because what better place to hide the truth than in plain sight? The best lie it's ever told is the truth then masked to be a lie. So what'd you do last night? You, dude, you don't want to know. What, snuck into the police station, went into the evidence room, took all the shit, and I bounced. Man, get the fuck out of here. You, you're joking. Yeah, yeah, I'm kidding. I would never do that. Stupid. No, what'd you really do? Boom. Do you understand? You have to be a liar in order to catch one. But it doesn't mean that you have to lie. You just have to know how to lie. You have to know how to deceive. You have to know the ways of a person whose intentions are not so good. That is essentially how all people are distinguished between good and bad. We all have to learn the ways of the malevolent. Some of us choose to know them and not use them. Others live by them. My mission and the mission that is everyone on my team or the team that I'm on, actually, because I don't consider myself a leader. That's not what leaders do. Leaders don't stop to think who the leader is. I don't want anything on my lapel. I don't want anything on my mantle. And I certainly don't want anything on my gravestone. What I do want is people to understand that half of us are on the side of light and half of us are on the side of darkness. The war continues and the people running the other side do consider themselves leaders, do consider themselves jealous, powerful, and greedy, hungry. Hungry to take as many lives as they can in order for them to get what they want. Some of them already have everything, so they're just doing it for fun. So know how to be malevolent. Know the ways of the deceitful Know the sleight of hand of the illusionist and the quiet whisper of a thief. 
but don't do it. Use it to catch those. And if you cannot turn them back into the light, then you bury them in darkness so far down that no one will ever find them again. That is how I see the world. I hope to see you soon.